what do you do when your battle chooses you? What do you do when something shows up on your doorstep that you did not directly cause, choose, or definitely anticipate? Life is not always easy. In fact, some of you today, you're here and you're going through the toughest season of your life. There will be seasons where we will suffer. There will be seasons of real pain. And the question is, how will you respond in those moments? Life is hard sometimes. Easy, it's not an option. But it's worth fighting. It's worth believing. It's worth giving yourself a chance. It's worth mustering yourself up, standing up inside yourself. It's worth fighting relentlessly, never giving up. It's worth it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Life sometimes throws you what we like to say is curveballs. How do we handle that? And that's going to be the issue, the topic tonight here on Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff that we've stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom. And on uh, tonight's show, we're going to talk about uh, grief, loss. How do we cope? Can we overcome? And it's not necessarily grief due to death, loss of life. We've all experienced somebody, I'm sure, in the course of our lifetime that we knew personally, or maybe we knew of somebody that has passed away. And, and the grief from the death, the loss of death, or the loss from death, can be very difficult to overcome. But there's also other areas that we can have grief over. I mean, 2020 taught us a lot of things, and one of the things I would imagine is how to overcome And then another thing is how to deal and try to process loss. A lot of people lost their lives with COVID. A lot of people lost their jobs, lost their businesses. They lost a lot of things. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to get into the topic, the idea of dealing with loss, dealing with grief, how that affects us, how that affects each different part of us. And the fact that there really isn't any answer or any concrete way to overcome grief. It takes each one of us to overcome it in our own way. We're also going to talk about if we know people that might be struggling, that might be going through things, how we might be able to help them out or what we could possibly do to be there for them because it's not easy. A lot of times we don't know what to say. A lot of times we don't know how to act. Maybe we've never been in that situation before. And so we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. How do we handle it? And so that's what I'd like to to talk about. And then also, you know, throughout the show, if you feel like calling in, feel free to call in at 626-676-8972 is the number. 626-676-8972 is the number. But there in the uh, show open, you know, sometimes that battle chooses us. We don't choose it. We don't go out. And look for something bad to happen. We don't go look go, uh, go looking for that thing that's going to upset our lives to go after it. It oftentimes is an unexpected circumstance that comes knocking on our door. And we learned that in 2020. It could be the death of a loved one or someone we know. It could be the breakup, a relationship breakup. Maybe you've decided to part ways with somebody that you were seeing. And so there's the, the loss Maybe there's the loss of job. You know, the pandemic came through and 
A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people lost their businesses, their life savings. Maybe it's uh, because of a sickness like cancer or something serious. And going about it is going to be difficult. It's not easy. It's not easy. Easy isn't an option. The struggle is going to be real, but the battle is worth fighting. Never give up because you can do it. We've talked about it many times over the last couple of weeks about that lion mentality that's in us, about raising the standard, raising the bar so that greatness that is within us can come out. And oftentimes when we're in adverse situations, such as dealing with loss, dealing with grief, that's when we really got to step up and decide what type of character are we going to have? What are we going to do? How are we going to overcome this? Are we going to let it defeat us? Or are we going to go after it and we're going to overcome it? Now that might not be right away. That might be a process. The process might be long. The process might be a lifetime. I often think about people that have to overcome addiction. It's a lifetime commitment, but yet they overcome. Their inner greatness comes out. They defeat it, but it's an ongoing process. So it might not be simple. It might not be easy. It might be a long journey. You think about the death of a loved one. So we have loss and grief over the death of a loved one. The beginning part of the year, each year, doesn't matter what year it is, is always kind of difficult. Um, and it gets easier as time goes by, years uh, go by. It's not that time heals all wounds. It's like you need time, though, to heal. And so as time goes by, time isn't healing the wounds. You're healing the wounds or you're overcoming those, but it's just taking time. But every uh, January 16th, my grandmother, it's the anniversary date of her passing. Now, she was 96, and a lot of people would think, hey, that's great. She lived a long life, healthy life. And for me, as a grandson, the loss might not have been as severe as maybe for my father, lost uh, his mother. Maybe uh, my uncle lost a mother. I don't think there are any siblings left. I think she was the last one, being 96 and all. But for me, it's almost like, okay, I know that people don't live forever. And I know at some point we're all going to pass on from this earth. And being 96 and having been uh, one of the oldest grandchild, in fact, probably the oldest grandchild that I can think of, um, I was able to spend a lot of time with her growing up. So I got to experience a lot with her. So the sadness for me, the grief wasn't as strong, I guess you could say, as it was maybe for others. But every year I like to celebrate her passing, and that comes on January 16th. And then I've, as I've discussed on other podcasts, my friend Chris on February 4th, it's the anniversary date of his passing in a car accident. Uh, happened like 32 years ago. And then on February 20th, two years ago, my Aunt Catherine passed away from cancer. And so as we go through the first part of the year, every year, there's always kind of three significant death anniversary dates that pop up. And for my cousins, you know, we just went through February 20th, not too long ago. And it was harder for them because they lost their mom. And they have to go through that struggle every year. And so for them, the process of healing, the process of getting over it, the process of coping with it, the process of grieving continues. And so for them, it's going to take a little bit longer than maybe for myself. Love my aunt. She was the best thing ever. I've been fortunate and blessed to have great relatives. And so, uh, and so for me, dealing with the loss of each one of those three, my grandmother, my aunt, and my friend, 
it's it's a little different. It took a little different uh, approach. It took a little bit of different time frame. There's a lot of things that went into it that was a lot different. But when you lose someone that passes away, there's a finality to it. Unless maybe you're a person of faith and you believe in the afterlife. And then there's the afterlife, the all eternity that you might uh, see them again. And so we all kind of understand what it's like. Or we all kind of understand that with death, there's difficulty. There's mourning. There's grief. And we all understand that. And again, a lot of us might have either gone through it personally or maybe know people that have gone through it. Or in some way have experienced it. And so we understand that. But as I was thinking about this and thinking about the last year, some other things started to enter my mind, things that maybe we don't really understand that we should grieve. Maybe we don't really understand that, you know, the grieving process that we deal with when it comes to the death of a loved one or the final death, the passing from this earth, maybe that type of grief, that type of loss needs to be dealt with in kind of the same manner. So think about this. So what about the death of a person or the loss of a person, I should say, that was a non-death. The person is still alive. Maybe this happens when someone or something profoundly changes in your life. Someone maybe disappears. Maybe, like I said, there was a relationship that uh, broke up and now that person is no longer in your life. Maybe a person feels torn between the things that have happened and the hope that things will return to normal. And there seems to be a looming sense of life as you knew it, it's fading away, kind of like the reversed Polaroid picture. Now, some of you might be asking, what's a Polaroid picture? Just kind of a scary thought. Polaroid picture was when you took the picture and then the actual picture came out of the camera and you'd wave it around in the air and eventually the picture would develop right there in front of you, a Polaroid. Now we have cameras and everything's instantaneous digital, right? And as you watch the Polaroid develop, It would start out as just a blank picture, and then you would slowly see the image develop, and then eventually it would become a full image that you could see clearly if you took it right. And so sometimes in life, that's what we see. We kind of see the reverse of that. We have the picture of life and everything that's going on, and then all of a sudden it starts to fade away. How do we adjust to that? How do we deal with that? How do we handle that? A lot of times we think we just move on. How many times have you or maybe somebody you've known been in a relationship that breaks up and you're devastated and you've been in bed for days and you really can't cope? Maybe back in high school, uh, you couldn't go to school because you didn't want to see the person and then the audacity that they start dating somebody else and how that hurts. And so then you start to go through this cycle. And a lot of times people don't think that's a real thing. But yet we grieve the loss of somebody that's still alive, but no longer that person is in our life. And that could happen at a job with just coworkers that are friends. You don't see them every day. That routine goes away. But yet there's still something there that's missing in your life that changes. It's that significant change. So when you talk about loss, what are we talking about? Again, I like to start things with kind of a definition or or some sort of sense of direction as to what it is specifically we're talking about. So when we talk about loss, we're talking about the loss of anything significant to your physical, physiological spiritual and interpersonal life. And throughout our lives, we're going to go through many things. We're going to experience many non-death losses. Some will feel minor, some manageable. Others will feel life-threatening, will feel devastating, and the loss, the impact of that will be greater. 
You think about a job loss. A lot of people lost their job in 2020, lost their business because of the pandemic. Imagine the, the tragedy. Or what about the riots that took place and people lost their life savings that they invested in that business that they lost? The devastation, the frustration that we saw people talking about on the news, that stuff is real. What about the people that just lost it because of lockdowns out of their control? These are things that went on that wasn't even their control. I mean, you think about bad business management and you lose your job or your business because of bad business management. Maybe you mismanage the finances and that's on you. But imagine circumstances outside those battles that choose you, those unexpected circumstances that showed up. And now all of a sudden your dream is gone. Your loss is there. It's real. What are you going to do? You don't know what you're going to do. And it's not easy. And the struggle is real. But the battle is worth fighting, rising from the ashes like the phoenix and starting over. That takes a fight. That takes the greatness within you. That takes raising your standard and bringing that greatness out and overcoming. And it might not be easy, but nothing worth fighting for is going to be easy. So you have the loss of someone that is still alive but no longer in your life. And then there's some other things like a secondary loss, for example, So when it comes to grief, it's easy to focus on that kind of one big thing, a loss of someone we loved, the primary loss. But then what about the other things that upend other areas of our life? We talked about it, job loss, relationship breakups. Uh, Maybe we got a bad grade in school, and so that takes away possibly our academic scholarship, or maybe we performed bad in a concert that we've been practicing for, or maybe we uh, didn't do so well in a ball game, a championship game or something. And so all those are, are losses. But then the grief from that can spiral downhill for us. So we have a primary loss, and then we have all those things that are attached to it. So the reason that grief can feel like it upends every area of our life is that that primary loss can kick off a string of secondary losses. So after experiencing a devastating loss, grieving people often are surprised to find that that ripple effect happens and there's subsequent losses. So you lost your job. Okay. So in the sake of transparency in 2020, I lost my job. So what was I going to do? And it was in academics and everything closed down. So there wasn't real options to go back. And so instead of letting it consume me, I decided to try to figure out ways in which I could survive financially. And it went outside the box. You know, in the box of life, people tell you this is where you should live. This is where you should be. But yet there's a whole box outside or a whole bunch of space outside that box. So you start thinking outside the box. And you start making it a challenge. And so the grieving part necessarily wasn't significant. Sure, it sucks to lose a job. But it wasn't the grieving part like the shock and all that that comes with it. But it's like, how do you handle it now? How do you bounce back when all your expertise is in an area that's shut down? If you lost your job, you lost your business, how do you rebuild? How do you save again? What do you go through so that you can get the savings back so that you can then rebuild? In a relationship, how do you bounce back and get out there and maybe meet somebody else? And so you have all these different things going on in life. And so there's going to be a mark left upon your life. What is that mark going to be? I don't care how good you are. I don't care how talented you are. 
I don't care how much you work on yourself. There are some times when things aren't going to go right. There are times when anything that can happen will happen. Life happens. The unexpected. The uncalled for. The unintentional. We've been damaged emotionally. Damaged spiritually. It may be your business. It may be your heart that is broken today. It may be the number in your bank account that is screaming, you are broke. You can break physically. You can break mentally. You can break your heart. You can break your spirit. And all of those are going to leave a mark. But the mark that they leave can be the mark of victory or can be the mark of defeat. So is it going to be the mark of victory or the mark of defeat? Bad things will happen. People will say to plan for bad things to happen. You've heard the saying, save for a rainy day. It's been raining quite a bit in a lot of places for a long time. So sometimes we should have that contingency plan, plan for bad things to happen. But we get damaged physically. We can be damaged mentally, emotionally, have that broken spirit. There's going to be a mark that's left. But is that mark going to be a mark of victory or a mark of defeat? Are you going to throw in the towel and just give up? Or are you going to sit there and fight? Are you going to go after it? One of the biggest things that I think a lot of people suffer from is loss of identity. The loss of who we are. That thing that made us who we are. Could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be status, financial status, the car we drive. It could be a number of things. I know for me, one of the biggest things that I had to kind of struggle with, so to speak, was when I was coming back here to Los Angeles and I was leaving the state of Nebraska and I was, I'd spent five years there in radio, sports director for five stations and, and coming back to LA, that identity of being that on the air broadcaster for five stations on and broadcasting sporting events and being out there, being that public figure was gone as my role here in L.A. started to become more behind the scenes producing and things like that. And so there was a struggle there for a little bit to to find out what my identity was. And then I realized that was, for me, I'm not saying I'm not speaking for anybody else, but for me that struggle of identity became irrelevant because who or what my job was did not define who I am. So once I figured that out, then it didn't really matter to me what my job was because my identity was not in my job. That's not who I was. That's what I was doing. And who I was was something different. Who I was was that person inside me. So no matter what I did, whether I was on the air, whether I was behind the scenes, whether I was working security, whether I was working in radio, it didn't matter because that did not define my identity. But a lot of people struggle with that loss of identity and we lose that. And so what happens? And that's hard, hard for a lot of people when you lose your identity to try to get it back or to try to figure out who you are because a lot of people will struggle with their loss of identity. And a lot of people will think, well, just get over it. Get back in there, find another job, do something else. But it's not. It's a process of that loss. And that loss equals grieving. I remember one time I was watching, uh, I think it was the NCAA basketball tournament, my favorite team at the time. Or maybe it was, uh, maybe I was in Nebraska and it was Nebraska football. Anyways, we're, we're watching a very important game and our team loses and it was sad. And I remember somebody actually said it was a pastor that I was uh, watching the game with in a group of people. And he actually said, you know, it's okay that people don't understand, but it's okay to mourn the loss of your team. 
And a lot of people thought that was kind of superficial. It's just a game, right? But no, to those players, it wasn't just a game. That's what they'd been striving for. That's what they've been working for. That's what they've been practicing for. They've been raising the bar. They've been raising their standard to become better. They've been creating that that desire to bring that inner greatness out and greatness in an athletic competition is winning the championship. And so for them, it was real loss. And so for the fan that was invested in that team, the fan that was cheering for them all season long, to have that loss and to have that moment of grief is okay. And I was kind of surprised that I never thought of it that way, that someone would actually sit there and say, it's okay to kind of grieve the loss of your team. Obviously, there's boundaries with that. You shouldn't probably let it become a life-altering thing. But again, there's that grieving process because a loss was involved. So we lose our identity. Well, what about relationships? You have a breakup. Maybe you've been married for a long time, and so you, you get divorced. So there's a loss of a spouse. Or maybe it's someone that you know, some friends or a family member, they get divorced, and now that's not a spouse, but there's someone that was a part of your life on a regular basis, and now they're no longer a part of it. And on top of it, you probably really can't go out and see them or hang out with them because that might cause strife within the family. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But there's that loss, loss of somebody that is still alive but no longer a part of your life. Maybe it's uh, parents, empty nesters. All of a sudden, everything changes because the kids moved out, went off to college. Maybe your roommate that you spent many, many years with moved out, got married, found another roommate, no longer there. Maybe you lived in a place that you really enjoyed, but now you had to move out. Maybe you spent 15 years someplace, and then all of a sudden, you have to move. And all the memories and everything from that place that you were at now are different. How do you overcome that? One of the biggest things that I saw that was kind of interesting in, in, um, in this whole process was the things that we don't understand is, is sometimes even the loss or change in physical appearance. A lot of us gained weight during the pandemic. And for some of us, we'll just eventually get it off again, take it off. But for others, might not be so easy. Maybe it was a struggle to get there. Maybe you're a cancer survivor. You had to go through chemotherapy. So maybe you lost your hair. Maybe you had a mastectomy and it changes your appearance. I've had discussions with a couple women and, and they, they, they feel that they're not a woman anymore. It changes their identity. It changes their appearance. It changes a lot of things. We grieve that loss. Maybe we have skin issues. Maybe we get into a car accident and that alters things. Our appearance, our attitude, our cognitive function. I can't tell you how many times after the fact I come across somebody, and fortunately it's not too often, but there's been a few significant times I come across somebody and you look at them and you know there's something different. You know that they might be a little bit slow. Maybe they're not all there. And then you find out that they were in a car accident. I remember a kid in high school was that way. He wanted to be a part of athletic teams, but he couldn't because he just didn't have the skill and ability, and he was a little bit slower. And so everyone just kind of catered to him as, you know, the ball boy or the water boy, you know, 
part of the team, but not really. But then you found out that he was actually a great athlete before he transferred to the school, and he ended up transferring to the school because he was in a car accident, and it changed him fundamentally. He wasn't the same person cognitively. Uh, his personality had changed, and it was different for him. And so that changes somebody. And so, again, now you're starting to go through your loss of identity, your change in appearance, your change in cognitive function, in your personality, and that's hard, and you can grieve that. It's a loss. What about life changes? How many of us went to high school? It wasn't me, but maybe you were the big man on campus or captain of the cheerleading club, the cheerleading squad, or the president of some club, and then all of a sudden now you're graduated and you're going off to college. Now you're nobody. You're freshmen again. You got to try to find your way. Your friends aren't around anymore. That was the biggest thing that I saw teaching at the community college was these people that would come in, these students, and you could tell they were something special on their high school campus, and now they were just another nobody, like all the other freshmen trying to find their identity again, trying to find their circle of friends again. No, They were no longer hanging out with a bunch of people on the quad or at the lunch tables or in the cafeteria, but now they were eaten by themselves uh, on the backside of the library because they didn't have any friends. There's a change. You lose that experience that's around you, and it can be hard. A lot of times in sports, you hear, for example, in baseball, there are many stories of, of athletes who have the ability and the talent to play, but once they went to the minor leagues and their lifestyle changed, they got homesick, and they couldn't overcome that homesickness of wanting to be home, and eventually they give it up. They had the talent and the ability to play, but they just couldn't get over that homesickness, and so they give up the game. It's that change. It's hard. It's difficult. What about our loss of safety and security? Maybe it's a physical safety. Maybe it's a mental safety or emotional safety. You know, those lifestyles that make us secure. Maybe there was a break-in, and now you no longer feel safe in your house. Maybe something happened in your college dorm. Maybe you were walking home from school or walking home or just out for a hike or whatever, and something happened. And now that sense of security is gone. Maybe there's violence in the community. I just got done watching that Netflix series about the Night Stalker, and, and you could sense that the community was scared. They were scared to go to sleep at night because you could have been the next one. And so... There was a loss of safety, and that was emotional for people, and it was hard for them to deal with that. And so they're grieving that safety that they lost because you could be next was the basic underlining theme of one of the episodes. Maybe children of divorce, you've lost that sanctity of marriage, so to speak, or that, that security of the household, that family unit, and now it's gone, and you don't know what to do. Maybe you're an abuse survivor. Maybe you have that battered puppy syndrome where you've gotten away from it, but now it's hard to trust people. How do you overcome that? You have to go through the process of healing. Our safe space has been violated. We lose our dreams. Maybe we wanted to do something in life, but we ended up getting married having kids. And so it wasn't quite the same. Maybe we didn't make our top college 
that we wanted to go to. So we had to settle for something different. Maybe that's a devastating loss to us. Because for 18, 19, 20-year-old, that's a big deal. Maybe for people that are older, might not be seem like a big deal. But people work their entire high school careers to get to that specific college that they want to get in, and then they don't get in. Maybe careers, you're on the fast track to management or fast track to being partner in the law firm. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits. Or there's other issues that come up. You had the deep freeze in Texas. Maybe that altered your finances. So you have financial loss due to unforeseen troubles. Things change. What do you do? How do you overcome that? You have a choice to make. Do you give up? Just throw in the towel, raise your hands up, let life dictate to you the consequences, those unforeseen, unexpected circumstances? Or do you fight? Because every time you break, and in every way that you break, while it's a chance for you to give up and for you to fall apart, but there's also opportunity to get stronger and get smarter and get faster and get tougher and get more stable and get more resilient and get better. What I need you to do is I need you to find a reason to keep going. And if you can find a reason to keep going, I know you're strong enough to do it because you're human. And every human has what it takes to get past whatever they're going through. If they decide to push through it, push through it. Tragedy and trials come to everybody. Only the strong survive. The fight isn't over. The fight is just beginning. You have the opportunity to show the world what you are really made of. The fight is in you. Find a reason to fight. Find a reason to keep going. Don't give up because that fight is in you. Remember that lion mentality that we've talked about many times? If the lion is the king of the jungle, how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's a cheetah. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does a lion become the king of the jungle? His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. And it's all mentality. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas. But I'm king of my jungle because of my mentality. King of your jungle because of your mentality. You're going through a hardship. You're going through a loss. You're taking that loss and that grieving process. But your mentality isn't defeat. Your mentality is I'm going through the process. And when I come out the other end, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to raise my standard. I'm going to survive because it's a strong survive. You may be down. You may get down, but you're not out. You rise up. You fight. And it's a process. It's a process that we go through. 
Losing your dream is not easy. Changes in physical appearance. Those unexpected circumstances that come your way. Your loss of identity, who you are. Loss of a loved one. I mean, you think about all those things that that come our way. That we have no control over. A loss of income. We have to move because we lost that income. We had to sell the house and now we have to move someplace else. We lost that financial security that we were banking on. You know, what's that American dream? We get a job and then we work there for what was 20 years before retirement, then 25, now 30 maybe. But there's retirement, financial security. Then we get retirement the rest of our lives. We get a pension. We have a 401k. But then all of a sudden something happens like a pandemic and financial security is no longer there. We lose our business, the idea of feeling safe, familiarity. How many people struggle with change? Just change in routine, change in things that we go to. Again, the relationship losses, those traditions that came with it, those activities that went along with it. Maybe you lost your role as a spouse because of a divorce. Maybe a father, a mother. A sister, a brother, a friend, a caregiver. So that role that you once played is now gone. How do you handle that? You grieve. And it's a process. You lose that support system that was there. You know, last week we talked about a couple of instances and there was a girl, Sarah, who went through a rape and she did not have that support system from her family there. But yet she had to rise up raise the standard in her. She had to forgive. She had to go through the process of grieving. But then ultimately, she got through the end. And it was a process and still is a process. But the support system wasn't there. Milestones are broken. That family structure is gone. And the future together is no longer there because that loss of partner or that loss of a child. It's no longer there, so that future is gone. You lose your identity. You lose your dreams, your sense of purpose. The memories. Your faith. Your motivation. And you start to lose it all. And you start to sink. And you spiral downward. And you keep going. But do you have it in you? Do you have the fight in you to come back? Do you have the mentality of a lion that you're going to overcome this? And you're going to be stronger for it. So how do we do that? It's not easy. It takes time. It's a process. But the pain that we feel is not permanent. Pain ain't permanent. Your pain ain't permanent. You can get through this. You're bigger than your pain. You're better than that. Come on, you need to remember, this is not the first time you cried. This is not the first time you were short of breath. This is not the first time you didn't see a way clear. This is not the first time you were hurt. This is not the first time your heart was broken. This is not the first time you didn't have enough money. This is not the first diagnosis that came up from behind. See, I'm going to live to tell the story. This too shall pass. I will remain. I'm not going to quit. Every one of my burdens, there's a blessing on the inside of it. If you don't quit, you will win, baby. We're going to work through this. 
you're going to get up, you're going to get dressed, you're going to get out, and you're going to do what you've been called to do. You're going to be what you called to be, and you're going to prove that everybody that tried to break you, everybody that tried to stop you, everybody that tried to kill your dream, you're going to prove all of them wrong. Just keep coming back. If you got nothing left to give, just show back up. Half of life, man, is just showing up. And I'm telling you right now, don't give up. I'm telling you right now, don't give in. Get through it. And if you can get through it, if you can work through your pain, I'm guaranteeing you, on the other side is a reward. Pain is not permanent. Pain is temporary. Pain is not permanent. It's temporary. You can overcome that prior loss, that grief, that suffering. You can. It's difficult. It's hard. But you can overcome it. You can live to tell your story. Don't quit. Don't give up. It may take baby steps at first. Just showing up. Just getting out of bed. Just sitting on the couch. Just getting dressed. Just that baby step moving forward. That's the start. That's where you begin. You may be down and out. It may take time. It's a journey. But pain is temporary. And even if it is a lifelong thing, that pain will eventually subside. The memories remain. You learn to cope. You learn to overcome. You treasure the past. But you have it in you to overcome because pain is impermanent. Eventually, you find a new job. Maybe eventually, you find that new relationship. Maybe eventually, you find that new place to live. And you overcome. You can't give up. Don't give up. That's what Hollywood is made of. That's what sports are made of. The comeback kid, the Cinderella story. People that were down and out, but they never gave up. How many people cried over the movie Rudy? Never gave up, and he got into the game. How many people, if they just threw in the towel, would have never gotten to where they would have been? We talked about a few weeks ago, failure. Failure is just one step away from success. You're just another step away from success. And if you stopped after failure, you might have been one step away from succeeding. And that's the same thing that we got to do with when we overcome the grief and the loss is just keep going one step, one step. Because if we give up, that might be the last step of failure. That might be the last step of giving up because the next step starts to make us successful, starts to make us overcome, start to make us changing our life to something better. Because it's not easy. Trial and tribulations will come. No doubt about it. It's not easy out there. People are always saying you can't, that you shouldn't, that you're not smart enough, not good enough. This world, it, it beats you up again and again until eventually most people, they just, they just stop trying. But you're not like that. You're a fighter. You always have been. Everybody in your life will have a turn back moment. No matter who you are, you're going to have such a period in your life where it seems like it's not working. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have a lot of trials and tribulations and challenges. 
You always have a moment in your life where the direction you're going, you will have to make a decision to keep going or you turn back. The sad thing is, the average person turns back. It's hard living. Life is hard. Life is not easy at all. There's going to be challenges. You're going to get beat down. And that tough situation is making you want to stop. And you will fail sometimes. And that's okay. That's okay as long as you get back up. Take that next step. Keep moving forward. And no matter what, do not quit. So it's not going to be easy. Trials and tribulations will come. We should expect it. The average person, did you hear that? The average person will turn back. Don't be average. Rise above it. Raise that standard in you. Sure, you go through the process. Sure, you're down and out. But rise up. Don't be average. Overcome that. Take the baby steps to move forward. You get knocked down. You get up again. Like that song from Tub Thumping. I get knocked down. I get up again. Never going to keep me down. You move forward. But most importantly, you don't quit. No matter how far down in the belly of despair you become or the, the belly of despair you go, no matter how depressed you come, you become, don't quit. Don't give up. Ride it out. Focus on what's coming up. The good. The greatness that's in you. That's the thing that we focus on. That's the thing that we have to be able to rise to. Because you have comeback power. Comeback power is in you. I don't care how low you are. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you have experienced. I don't care how devastated your life might appear to be. The shambles it might be in. Wherever you are in life, ladies and gentlemen, you've got comeback power. There's a power in you that can enable you to be stronger and better than anything that's out here. Once you begin to know who you are, once you discover this power, the perfect essence of who you are, that's in all of us, that's permeating our being, that enable us to be the directors of our lives, it will set you free from believing, I can't see myself doing any better. That you truly can live a healthy, happy, prosperous life and that you can make it in what are called the worst of times. Tough times never last, but tough people do. And you are tough. You're made of some special stuff. There was nobody here before you. You brought something here that was not here before you showed up. Guess what? Nobody's going to do your work for you. Nobody's going to write your book for you. That has been given to you today. The comeback power is in you. You are stronger than your circumstances. Rise up. Tough people last. Be Teflon. Bad things won't stick to you. You're going to overcome. You're not going to be average. You're not going to let those battles, those unexpected circumstances that came your way, overcome you. Easy is not an option. The struggle is going to be real, but the battle is worth fighting for. Never give up because you can do it. Remember, pain is not permanent. You can have the mark of victory if you fight. It's not going to be easy. 
but you can do it because the comeback power is in you. Greatness is in you. The mentality of a lion is in you. Failure is not an option. We're raising the standard. We're going to rise above this because tough people last. So how can we cope or strive to overcome? Because a lot of times we really don't get over it. And you can ask many people and you probably get many answers. And so obviously what I'm about to share isn't the finite or the finale of how to handle it, but it's some things that I've blended together be, uh, between things I've heard and experienced in life. And so for me, how can we cope or strive to overcome? The first thing is build a support system. Or maybe we have to go talk to somebody, counseling. But whatever it is, build that support system, people around us, people that we can talk to. Because it is a sign of strength to reach out and talk to somebody. People have always said, oh, you go to a counselor, you go to a therapist, like it's a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of strength to reach out and talk to somebody. Let your friends in. Let your trusted friends in. Don't shut them out. Lean on people. It might be hard to lean on people and to rely on them. But we need that support system to overcome, whether it's a loss of job, a loss of a relationship, a loss of finances, a loss of somebody at death in the family, but we need to rely on people. We need to be prepared in the aftermath, have a plan. You know, anniversaries are going to come up. Birthdays are going to come up. Other events that you've been a part of are going to come up. How are you going to handle those? Are those going to be a trigger that then send you back into that belly of despair, that depression? Are you going to be prepared to handle those things? One One of the things that I've enjoyed doing that come up, every year, as I talked about in the early part of the show, is the uh, tribute videos that I put together, pictures, slideshows. And I'll put them on social media, and they pop up every year. And so I have one for a few people throughout the year that pop up that I like to, to play. And I'm sure people, friends connected with me on social media maybe are tired of seeing it, but that's my way of remembering those things, of having a plan to be able to celebrate life for those that have passed on without us. But we have to have a plan. Relive the memories. Don't bury them. Let them come out. That's how we remember people. That's how we enjoy people, people that are no longer with us. You know, how hard is it in a relationship? You have music, right? We share songs. Hey, this song's our song. That's a relationship song. And then all of a sudden, or it was our wedding song. And then all of a sudden, that relationship is no longer there. And then you hear the song. It brings us down. Major bummer, right? But do we let that song remain a major bummer? Because maybe you like that song and you introduced it into the relationship. And now what are you going to do? Not play it anymore? Maybe it's from your favorite band. Music is the soundtrack to life. And a lot of times music can be depressing. It's a depressive medium for a lot of people if we let it. But we don't have to. We can allow that music, those songs, to bring back the good memories. Even when the relationship has broken down. We can start new traditions. We can connect with others, make new plans. We don't always always have to rely on the past. Change can be good because we can start new things. We can create new ideas, those new traditions, those new anniversary dates, those new things that we wanted to do. We don't have to rely on the past and grieve those anymore. It might take time to get over it, but we can start new traditions, new things, 
Try something new. And every year it might be something different. I don't know. But at least you're trying. And that's taking those baby steps moving forward. You're connecting with others. If it's um, loss of someone, it might be like a grief support group. If it's a team, maybe your fans are at the bar watching the game and then you all, you know, wallow in the mire. Maybe it's just people that lost their job that want to come together and hang out. Or maybe it's just life is getting to you. And so you come together and you connect. You allow yourself to feel the range of emotions because you will. You will go through it. You will go through the stages. So allow yourself to feel the anger, to feel the sadness. Let the tears flow if that's your thing. Be happy. I remember when my friend Chris died, it was a sad day, but we all ended up in his bedroom sharing stories and we ended up laughing hysterically for a long time because the memories came back of the fun times and the funny times. And so here we are on the day of his death, but we're laughing hysterically. If someone came in and did not know what was going on, they think that we're having the time of our lives because we were allowing the range of emotion to come through, the tears, the laughter, the solemn, the celebration of life. For some of us, or for some of you, if you have faith, maybe you find comfort in your faith. You fall back on your belief system. You have to take care of yourself, your mental health. Like I said, maybe that's talking to somebody or building a support system. Have to get enough sleep, exercise, diet. Maybe in some cases we have to avoid alcohol so we don't get into that secondary loss that we talked about, those other things that happen after the primary loss has taken place. Maybe we make positive changes, start new routines, get some healthy habits. But we're going to avoid those big life decisions because we're not in the mood or not in that mindset, that success mindset to make those decisions. So maybe we put off the big life decisions for later when we've overcome the grieving process and we're starting to get back on track. And that might take time. Another way we can uh, cope or strive to overcome is be patient. Like I said earlier, time may not heal all wounds, but time is necessary for healing. And that's what we need to do. We need to be able to take the time to heal and not rush it. A lot of people will sit there and say, oh, you should rush it. Or, hey, you've grieved for two years and so it's time to move on. Or they put standards around that grieving process. But you know what? It's going to be individual to you. It's going to be your journey. It's going to be you, the one that's going through it. And so it's going to take time. Each person is going to go through their own thing separately. Rick Warren is a pastor at a church here in Southern California, Saddleback Church. He lost his son to a suicide when his son was 27 years old, suffered from mental illness. And at one point, this is what he's talked about as far as the grieving process and the steps that helped him. When my son uh, took his life uh, last spring, uh, after struggling with mental illness for 27 years, it was devastating. It didn't destroy us, but it was devastating to us. And I actually think there are six stages of grief. The first stage is shock. Then comes stage two. And by the way, shock is not simply a day. For me, shock with Matthew's death was a month. Then you move from shock to sorrow. And sorrow is that profound sense of sadness. You can't get over grief, you can't get around it, you gotta go through it. If you don't deal with your grief, you don't actually feel it, 
you stuff it, it's going to come out sideways later on. Then the third stage is what I call struggle. And the struggle is the why questions of life. Why me? Why now? Why this? There are a lot of things that happen in life we're just not going to know on this side of eternity. For me to understand why everything happens the way it does is like an ant trying to understand the internet. My, my brain isn't big enough. And then you eventually have to come, or you get stuck there, to stage four, which is surrender. And surrender is when you say, I'm never going to know the answer, but I'm just going to trust on this. See, what happens when we have a major loss in life is we, um, we look for explanations. But explanations never give us comfort. If my wife died tomorrow night, and I knew why she died of cancer, it still wouldn't make me any less sad. So stop looking for an explanation. Then stage five is what I call sanctification. Now, that's a Bible word that means God starts working inside you. You start changing. I'm not the same person I was a year ago, having gone through the valley of the shadow of death. Then the last stage, and this is a stage that I think is real important to uh, giving Sunday, and that is service. And the final stage is God wants you to use the pain you've been through to help other people. And so don't be afraid to share your hurts, your weaknesses, your, your failures. That's part of giving too, not just your talents, but your trouble. Tell your story. That's what I took from that amongst the stages of grief. Tell your story. Get better. Overcome so that eventually you can tell your story to help others. Inspire others. Let them learn from you so that they can overcome. Just like forgiveness is a strength, just like seeking counseling or support system is a strength, telling your story is a strength. Now, you might be in a position where you're not the one going through things, and maybe it's a friend of yours, or maybe it's somebody else. So how can you help others after a loss? Well, first off, you can be understanding. Even if you don't understand yourself, or maybe you don't agree yourself, be understanding, Understand the situation that they're going through. Listen, and then talk. And you know what the talk might be? Dude, this just does suck. The breakup sucks. The loss of job sucks. It sucks, and that might be it. Just agreeing with them, but listen. And then maybe you do have some advice for them, something to share. But be there, be understanding, Listen and then be there. Just be there. Sometimes your presence is enough. They may ignore you. They might not say anything to you. You may be sitting on the couch. You may be in the car. But just being there because they know they're not alone. They might not be able to express that, but they know they're not alone and you're there for them. And sometimes, even though that's not communicated, they're just happy you're there. So be there. Offer to help. Maybe it's providing food, childcare, maybe some financial support, but also know when to back off because a lot of times we need our space, right? We're going through something tough. Hey, we need our space. So give them space. That's probably the toughest thing to figure out, when to be there and when to give them space. But you know what? Again, just being there and offering it up can sometimes make a world of difference. Be patient. It's an ongoing struggle that may take time or even a lifetime. So be patient with them. Don't put any timetable on what they're going through. Be flexible because we don't know how this is going to play out. So we want to be flexible, be able to go with the ebb and tide of this whole thing. And then allow yourself grace when dealing with someone else's loss because you may not know how to handle it or maybe you never experienced it so you don't know. That's okay. Just be yourself. 
And that's how you can help others after a loss if you're not the one dealing with loss. This is Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hopefully there's been a thing or two in here that you've been able to learn from or experience or grow from or maybe just encourage you. Uh, you can always reach out if you need somebody. You know, maybe you need a support group or support system, maybe someone to reach out to. Uh, I know a few people and resources that I might be able to share or maybe just let you know that I'm there for you. Sometimes just a phone call. Hey, what's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? You okay? Sometimes you just need something that simple, maybe just a text, maybe just a message. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram. There's two places. There's the show Instagram, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can DM me there, or you can go to Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. You can DM me there. Those are the two Instagrams associated with the show. Also, if you... um Miss our live broadcast. We're on RadioWarp.com every Tuesday night, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific time, RadioWarp.com. You can uh, catch us on demand anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can go to the Instagram pages and just click the link in the bios, and you see links, all kinds of options. Some of the best things to do is to uh, subscribe to the YouTube or the SoundCloud account because then you get a notification every time a new show is posted and you never miss out. But um, but they're there. There's options for you to listen on your own time, on demand, as we say. And then also, if you want to email, because maybe it's a little bit more than DM, but you want to email, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com is where you can also uh, send an email. I'd like to thank you for listening, sharing your time with me. Really appreciate it. Reach out. If you uh, need to, if you want to, just, just say hi. Say that you listen. Whether it's good, bad feedback, I'll take it all. After 2020, I think my shell is uh, pretty thick. And so I'd be appreciative just to communicate with you and, and know what's uh, going on in your life. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Be kind. Don't be an a-hole. And we'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to.